BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Happy Wednesday, Freckled Foodie fam. Um, So it's Tuesday right now. This episode's coming out tomorrow. And I forgot to record an episode. Well, okay, to be totally fair, there is a very exciting change happening very soon for the show. Hopefully. A big fucking deal, something we've been manifesting for a long time. No, it is not Duck Shepherd. One day it will be, but not right now, not yet. And with that, we're going to take a little break to do season five. Can you fucking believe it? Um, and I want to do a break to like set everything up for this change, really like feel grounded, feel ready, get everything prepared, and then launch season five. So, I thought that the change. I thought that we were going to be in the break this week, um, but we are dealing with some like legal, le- Jesus, legality, legal, whatever stuff. So we're not on a break yet, and here I am recording this last minute. I decided because I didn't have a topic that is like top of mind right now. We're going to do a Q and A, and quite honestly, on that topic, I just feel a little this specifically past week. Um, uninspired. And maybe it's because I feel there's so much going on in my life and I'm trying to do so many things that I'm not focusing on a like smaller amount of things and therefore like actually paying attention to them and able to concentrate and able to create and able to focus on those pieces of work. Instead, I just feel like I'm being pulled in 10,000 directions. So I don't feel very creative right now. And I felt that way with content lately, I I just feel a little lost on showing up. I don't know. Usually I don't feel this way, but this week I have. On that note though, I am reading this book called Essentialism. It's how I'm starting my days. Like after I journal, instead of being on my phone, I read for like 15, 20 minutes while I have my coffee. And the book is so interesting because it's all about how we try to do so much. And I can very clearly see this with my life and work just trying to do fucking everything and in reality then we're not really succeeding at anything because we're trying to do so many things and we're not able to focus and we're saying yes to everything instead of saying no to everything and yes to a select few things and it's all about the concept of choice and how you spend your time and how Spending time on less things will actually lead you to succeed in more things. It's really interesting. So I'll link it in the show notes and I'll 
keep trying to share lessons I'm learning. You guys all submitted some questions um, on Instagram, so I'm going to go through. I actually have not even gone through them, so we're just going to roll through these real time. And I'm probably going to have to pause at some point because I'm fucking ravenous and I'm waiting for my sushi to get delivered because we're having a bougie lunch today. All right, let's play some Q&A. Come on in, take a seat, pour a drink, pass one to me. Freckles, foodie, and friends, talking about life's odds and ends. Throw away your hesitations, have unfiltered conversations. If you've got an ear to lend, here's Freckles, foodie, and friends. We'll start things off with some fun questions. Can you wipe your shit with either arm? My sis can, and I can only do it with my dominant hand. Um, Yeah, I can. And I have, because there have been times where when I was breastfeeding Liam, I have been breastfeeding him while taking a poop. And I wish I could say that this just happened once, um, but it's happened many of times. And I would be holding him with my right arm, and I've had to wipe with my left, and I can confidently say that I can. What classes does Liam do? Have you looked into a twos program? Right now we do weekly. He does swim and soccer. Swim is we've been doing since four months and that's like legit swim class where he's really like learning the act of swimming and getting comfortable in the water. And I think it's one of the best things we could have done. Soccer is basically a joke. I mean, they're like running around. Well, they are. Liam is like holding onto my hands walking. But guys, he actually... He did take steps. So we are on the path to walking. Um, And those are really fun. Those are like set that we have every week. And then we like to look into classes that are like on demand because I get really overwhelmed by the concept of like locking into classes for a semester or months or whatever you want to call it, like a season. That's why we love Union Square Play. They have multiple locations around the city. And I think now they've like moved out potentially into Connecticut, maybe the Hamptons, I forget. But you can do classes on demand. So we send him to one to three of those a week with me, with the sitter. They, I just love them. They're great. I have not looked into a twos program because we don't plan on being in the city for twos program because that would be next fall for him. Um, I looked into the price of one in New York just because I was curious around us and it made me want to throw up. So I'm hoping that that's not the case when we are potentially and hopefully in the suburbs. Um, where did I go to college? Lafayette College in Easton, Pennsylvania. Do you think that mushrooms have changed your mind to this quote unquote happy cam? Okay. Hot take. Yes. Like I thoroughly believe there is, and this isn't just me, there's research, there are studies, there are many people who believe this. The impact of psilocybin I notice a shift in my brain. Like, yes, obviously, in that moment when I've taken mushrooms, I notice a shift um, in that time. But I honestly think it also has a lasting impact. And that's probably why people do microdosing programs. And I've said this before, I definitely am interested in the concept of a, like, professional or legitimate or structured microdosing program. It's definitely on my agenda of something I want to look into. I haven't gotten around to it. Literally, this is the, okay, 
this ties back into essentialism. It's like you have this list of things you want to do and you never fucking make time for doing the things you want to do. You're just constantly in react mode. And that's how I feel 24-7, which is why I'm trying to shift and potentially change some ways I handle my business. Back to mushrooms. I really do believe that. I'm also so interested in the idea of doing a full guided trip and I have a list of places I want to look into. I also am bringing someone on the show in season five to discuss this topic further because I think a lot of people are interested in it in addition to myself. I really want to learn more. So stay tuned for that. But I really think that they have changed my mind. Like I think they have had a lasting impact on my brain. Do you put product in Liam's hair for the curls? I'm a curly boy mom here. Okay, I don't. And I actually saw there's this woman I follow on Instagram and TikTok who I love. Um, What in the hell is her last name? Hold on. Fact check. I'm on Instagram. Bethany Ciatola, Ciatola, but Bethany did an ad and I forget what the brand was, but God, I'm literally pushing someone's sponsored content. That's hilarious. But she did an ad with the company Kerastis, Kerastis, I don't know. You've definitely seen this brand, Kerastis. Why can't I speak Kerastis? Uh, it K E R A S T A S E, and she did an ad with her son about like their curl line, and it had me thinking: Am I supposed to be putting like a different product in his hair because it's curly? I have such straight hair that I've never thought about that, so I honestly have no fucking clue. But maybe I'll look into it. On that note, Bethany's page, I fucking love her. I really want to be her friend. And I want to get her on the podcast. And I love that she's got this like spicy kinky side to her. I'm here for it. And she literally looks like, um, what's her name, Frasier, from that show that I was obsessed with, Outlander. Which isn't that funny because I was so deep in that show and I actually realized that I still have a season left. She looks like Claire Frasier, just like Claire Frasier. And I just realized I still have more left of that show but the latest season wasn't doing it for me um anywho don't know this woman bethany she has no idea who the fuck i am but i really enjoy her content and this is so interesting i'm really going in twenty thousand directions god her engagement is fucking fire um what's so interesting is that even as an influencer you can feel like you know these people like i feel like i know her Even though I do not know her, she has no idea who I am, but because I watch her content, I'm like, yeah, I know her. And that is why influencing is confusing, but also why people, like, that just shows if you have good content, people feel like they're connected to you, even though they have no idea who you are. So we'll see if she ever hears this. Maybe she'll come on the show. Basically, no, I don't put any product in Liam's hair for his curls, but I don't know if I'm supposed to. He's so little. Like, I have no idea. The kid needs a haircut because it's getting wild in the front and like all up in his eyes. And so we're going to have to schedule that. I keep saying I'm going to do it and I haven't done it. Um, But his curls bring me so much fucking joy. I also wish I had them because they're the cutest things in the world. Okay, I had to take a lunch break, but we're back. And 
I feel less jittery. It'll be interesting to re-listen to this episode and you guys can tell me. I feel like the first 10 minutes we just did, my brain was all over the place and I'm like talking 10,000 miles per hour and going in every single different direction. And that's because I was ravenous. And when I'm hungry, I feel so not grounded and I'm all over the place. So I just had a delicious sushi lunch and here we are. Um... Okay. Would you ever consider being a stay-at-home mom? This was actually asked a handful of times, and some of you were like, I don't know if you even consider yourself one. Maybe you already do, but what are your thoughts? This is something I have been mentally navigating, and it's very layered. First of all, I don't know what I consider myself, and I've actually talked about this with my therapist. And she responds, why do you even need a label? Like, what does that actually matter? And it doesn't, but I do think that it would make me feel connected in some way to a group of people instead of feeling like I'm floating in this gray in-between area where I'm not sure what I am. So I don't consider myself a stay-at-home mom on one side because I have – like, I'm working and – we have childcare that's helping while I'm working. But on the other side, I am the default parent and I do a lot of the day-to-day stuff with him and some of the tasks that typically would fall under a stay-at-home mom. And some days it is just us. So then some days I am. So I don't know. Mentally, I'm confused by it. But the role, let's just consider a stay-at-home mom of a mother or a stay-at-home parent, but who is not working in a corporate manner and is solely focused on caring for the children and or the house. And that doesn't mean that they don't have childcare because let me tell you, I got all up in this in a TikTok I made about some girl commenting, why do you need childcare if you don't work? If, even if I did not work, if I or anyone is financially able to have childcare and help, whether they work or not, it does not fucking matter to anyone else. Like we should be encouraging people to get the most assistance possible. So that's kind of what I view as a stay-at-home mother. It's someone who's not working in a field outside of that. Does that make sense? Um, Simultaneously, I think it's the hardest fucking job in the world without fail. It is the hardest job and it is the most undervalued job. And it's absolute bullshit. And I think that there needs to be an awakening by the rest of our society on this topic because for so long it's been looked down upon and like, oh, you're a stay-at-home mom. Like, bitch, that is the hardest job. I actually heard Joe talking to his friend recently. We were over and meeting our friend's new baby and he was talking to the husband, the dad, being like, how's being back at the office, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not saying any part of parenting is easy. Like being a parent and going to an office every single day is also difficult. But Joe was saying like, I never realized, or what I heard him say was, I never realized how hard being a stay-at-home parent is and how much easier it is to be the parent that leaves and goes to some type of job. And I don't think I ever noticed that either. Like I never gave credit to my mom. She left her job when I was three and my older sister was like six and before we had Lucy. But 
and she was a stay-at-home mom for the rest of my life and like never gave her credit for any of that. The hardest job without fail. Um, and I wish that we valued these people more because also like everyone has so many opinions on how you care for your child. And then if you're making the decision to actively focus the majority or all of your time on caring for this child and parenting and leaving whatever job you might have had before, why why wouldn't that be celebrated? I also feel like on social media, there's so much judgment where if you're a stay-at-home mom and you say one thing about being, it's being difficult, it's like, well, you're you're so lucky. I wish more than anything I could be a stay-at-home mom. And some of these people are like, well, I don't even want to be a stay-at-home mom, but I can't afford to not be. You know, there's this, this like argument that, it's such a privilege and you're so lucky to be a stay-at-home mom and that's the dream. But then there's also another side that people don't recognize is that not everyone wants to be a stay-at-home mom that is a stay-at-home mom. Some people are forced into being a stay-at-home mom because it's really fucking expensive to care for a child. And if you do the math of having someone or a daycare, a nanny, whatever it might be, sometimes whether you're paying taxes on that or not, when you look at the numbers equivalent to post-tax income and salary, it might not add up. You might be making less than you'd be paying for someone else to care for your child. And therefore, some people are forced into becoming a stay-at-home parent. So I just wish that everyone like had more grace on their judgment on this topic because you have no fucking idea what situation is happening. And also, it does not matter. Again, it's all projection and jealousy and maybe they have something that you want or wish you could have. And I, I get that. But I don't get it. But I understand that that's the root of it. I just wish that we appreciated moms more. Um, So would I ever consider being a stay-at-home mom? Yes. I think my dream is with like, I I mean, I'm not going to put a number, an age on it, but yes, I would love to be able to retire one day and focus on, and my job being taking care of my children and focusing on that full time. I don't see that in the immediate future. And that is mainly, quite honestly, because I am a 50-50 provider for our household and if we want to maintain the lifestyle that we have, I can't do that. Um, so right now that's not in the cards, but I think later in the future, yes, I believe I would like to. Um, but who the fuck knows? A lot, a lot can change. Okay. All right. A few mental health focused questions. How has meditation helped you and what specifically do you do? Meditation has made me a less reactive and generally calmer person. I think that's the easiest way to say it. I also think it's opened my eyes to the concept of manifestation and envisioning things. And I truly believe that it helps me tap into my inner self rather than my ego. And my ego gets in the way a lot in my life. I talked about this with my therapist this week. Because of my job, it's really confusing to have people constantly be telling you they either love you or they hate you and feeling like you need to do more to get the more love, but you're constantly terrified of the hate. Um, And that deeply affects my ego and my personal relationship with my worth. And for me, meditation is what like gets me out of that. 
what I specifically do is I was a, I'm a student of Ziva Meditation. I'll link it in the show notes. And I did their in-person course four years ago. I don't think they offer in-person anymore, but you can check out their online offerings. And it's a TM, so it's mantra-based. I repeat a mantra and I try to focus on that mantra for 20 minutes twice a day. Do I absolutely fucking love it? Yes. Um, listen to the episode with Emily Fletcher. I'll also put that in the show notes. Do I think that specifically is necessary for everyone? No. And I realize it's a big fucking investment, so there's a huge privilege that goes into it. What I can say is if you are looking to start, like check out Headspace or Calm or Peloton. All of those apps have, I believe some of them are free, um, like shorter guided meditations. I hear Joe do, I think he does Headspace every morning and it sounds great. So I definitely recommend it. I know he loves it. And I think starting anywhere is an incredible first step. How did I overcome fear when I first started sharing content and personal info on my page? Well, still dealing with it four years later or five, six years later. In the beginning, my page was solely food. It was not me. It was when I was still in the corporate world. And even shortly after that, like I didn't really share personal stuff. Um, It wasn't until like 2019, 2020 that my page, 2020 really, is when my page took more of a turn to like personal lifestyle, mental health, and then eventually pregnancy, postpartum, parenting. And I was really scared in the beginning specifically because I was in the corporate world and I just wanted to keep like church and state separate. I was young. I was covering big accounts. I didn't want them to think less of me. As I started to share more, I felt I started to engage with my community more. I started to receive more messages that I was having an impact in some positive way. And I enjoyed like creating the content more. So that's why it shifted Now it's kind of confusing because there was this sweet spot, maybe around like 20-ish thousand followers where I felt I could share everything and it was like this safe space for me. And, you know, it also wasn't like influencer takedown era and simultaneously I didn't have that many eyes. So it did feel safe. Since then, as I've grown, I've noticed I don't feel comfortable sharing everything because people are scary and really mean and not everyone does like me and that's fine but the the like actively hating and like seeking out information that whole side of things really does freak me out because I I feel very vulnerable in that sense where like I do want to protect some stuff and you know that's why I don't share Liam that's why a lot of my family stuff is kept private that's why not a lot of like you know, Joe's personal, like he's private, his family's private. So like that kind of stuff. I've tried to really implement more boundaries and I feel like I never had them before. And as I've grown, that's something that I personally am coming to terms with that like, I do want to implement boundaries while trying to share as much of my reality as I can to connect and help people. But there's still fear. I mean, I still if I really get like myself going, I can spiral big time on this. So for me, it's also understanding that like people are going to want to see and believe whatever the fuck they want. And they are going to see it through their lens and their lens only. And you cannot change those people's minds. So coming to terms with the fact that people might not enjoy me, I've come to terms with what's more confusing is coming to terms with people having narratives that are like false about me. 
and having to just accept that not everyone's people are going to believe what they want to believe and not everyone truly knows me and as long as I know me and my people in my life close to me know me and I'm proud of that then like I'm proud of what I'm doing I guess but I don't know I mean it's really it is vulnerable and it's really easy to judge from an outsider's perspective but until you've been the one sharing the content putting yourself out there I don't think anyone's in a place to pass any judgment at all um because no one understands how confusing those emotions can all be. Speaking of boundaries, this is another thing. Like with the whole house hunting process, I want to share it because it's so real for me in the sense of like it's all consuming in my brain. And also I know it's something that a lot of this community is going through or potentially going to go through. And so it could be educational. Simultaneously, I do want to respect the boundaries of my family, really from like a privacy perspective, quite honestly. And also I do feel sometimes when I share information, it gets thrown back at me. So I'm like being wary of that. But someone asked, what are some things you're looking forward to? Or I'll start with, what are your like musts in home buying? So I mentioned this in a TikTok, but I created a list like a few months ago and then I shared it with Joe. And so we've been adding to it. And there are things on the list that we really want. So a front porch. I've always said I wanted like a covered front porch. Um, a double vanity in the primary bathroom is something that we have been waiting for. Like we talk about it every night. I can't wait to have a double vanity. So we're not like fighting over one sink to brush our teeth and like wash our faces. Um, you know, a backyard. There, Well, no, a backyard is a must. So there are things where it's like I really would like that. You know, I would love, I, I would love to have space for like a sauna one day. Those types of things. But the musts are – must be on a walking street. That's a non-negotiable for us. I grew up not on a walking street and I never realized how much I wish I had until like I got old. I mean, it didn't really affect me then. I think it probably affected my mom more, but especially coming from New York and when we're at the beach, just like walking out the door and going for a walk, that's so important to me. So that's a non-negotiable for us right now. Um, Another one is having a yard. That's a non-negotiable. Like I cannot wait to have a yard. A grill, that's a non-negotiable. Um, and a space for me to have an office and for Joe to have an office is a non-negotiable. So those are some of the things. Other things we want, like a finished basement. Uh, it's so funny. You always want what like you potentially didn't grow up with. We did not have a finished basement. And I was always so jealous of my friends that had them. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So I really want to be able to provide our kids with that. And honestly, just for us, like for my inner child, um, let me actually pull up the list. Other ones are a fireplace, space for a basketball hoop, um, a breakfast nook. I really would love an open kitchen, but like specifically some form of kitchen island. And I mean, in a dream world, we'd have like a balcony off the main bedroom, but I don't know how realistic that is. And the main thing for us is that we want like space, right? We don't want to feel crammed. We want space, but we don't want too much space where it feels wasted. We want it homey. We want something that feels us. And like we've seen some houses that are beautiful, but I am so overwhelmed by like the space of them, whether it's the front yard or the property or the um, like size of rooms. I'm like, I cannot be responsible for this. Like maintaining, furnishing, all of those things, it overwhelms me. We don't want like 
wasted space. We want a home that is enough space for us to feel safe isn't the word, but I do want to feel safe in our home. But like, I don't know, not clustered or claustrophobic, but not so much space that I am overwhelmed. Um, But it's been interesting because like on that list, for instance, we've seen some houses that hit some of them, but there's always going to be some form of negotiation and like give or take mentally where, you know, maybe this house has three things on the list and like an incredible two things and then it doesn't have something else. And it's like, okay, well, how much is that really worth it to us? And location, what everyone has said in my DMs and on my TikTok comment on this video I posted was, you can always in the future, hopefully, renovate or change things of a house. You cannot pick up and move a house. So like location is so important. And this one house that we're in love with, location is like chef's kiss. So we shall see. But again, it doesn't have two of the things that we thought were non-negotiables, but evidently everything's a fucking negotiable. What attracts you to New Jersey? I'm a Jersey girl. Like through and through, I fucking love New Jersey. Anyone that shits on Jersey, you have not spent enough time there. I'm sorry. I love New Jersey. But really what attracts us the most is our family is there. A lot of our friends are either there or will be there. The beach is there. Like the ease of getting into the city. Yes, you could always you you could go the Long Island or Connecticut route I and like Westchester. I have no connection to those places. I don't even think I've ever been, like I've maybe been there once, but I just don't, I don't know. You know when it just feels like you or doesn't? When I'm in Jersey, it feels like me. I'm like, this is me. This is where I belong. I should get Jersey Strong tattooed on me. Tattooed it. Oh my God, tattooed. Um, and Joe feels the same way. So honestly, it was helpful for us because we just ruled out all of those other places. It was never even a question. It was like New Jersey is where we will be now specifically where is up for debate. Um, but it's it's the fucking best. What are some things you're looking forward to having in a home now that you have Liam? I cannot wait to have outdoor space. I think that that is the thing that's like eating at me the most about being in the city and there are things that I'm so not ready to leave but then there are things where I'm like, oh my God, I can't fucking wait and I cannot wait to be able to walk out our door and be outdoors. Like it doesn't need to be this process of like getting him in the stroller, like going somewhere. I want to just be able to step outside without having to go somewhere or like spend money to be somewhere or have an activity. Just be in the yard. Do you know what I mean? And in that yard, like it playing, enjoying ourselves, having my morning coffee, journaling out there. I can't fucking wait for that. Honestly, I also can't wait for not having to deal with like the travel in and out of New York. Um we are so blessed to have a car and privileged to be able to afford to pay for a garage. But like the process of going to the garage to get to car, the get to get the car, then like figuring out who's going to stay with the car downstairs while we get all the stuff and get Charlie and Liam and pack them up and then planning everything around tunnel traffic when we're leaving or when we're coming home. I just can't wait to like be somewhere where we can leave wherever we are and just drive into a driveway and be home. I know that seems so simple to so many people, but if you live in a city, you understand what I mean. Um, Also, I really cannot wait to have an office. Cannot wait. Um, Working from home while Liam is here is really mentally 
a mind fuck. Like I hear him, I want to play with him or I see him. He's very attached to me right now and then it's hard for me to leave. And I feel like I'm always kind of like moving around to everyone else. You know, I'm in our bedroom and I hate having our bedroom as my office. Like this bedroom is supposed to be my sanctuary. I don't want it to be my workspace also. So I just cannot wait to have dedicated space for me to work that like people aren't coming in and out of. Also, I can't wait So one more thing, I can't wait to like host people, whether it's my friends or my sisters or family, like having people sleep over and like having a slumber party. I can't fucking wait for that. Okay. Um, Do you have different political beliefs than your family? Uh, mm, Like on the main level, no. If you get into like the nitty gritty of things, some stuff I would say maybe, but now like all of the big topics, no. I, what I will say, and I've said this before, is that I used to be a registered Republican. And I think that was just, that was a way I grew up knowing things um, and the people around me. I have switched parties, I guess, like, I don't even know how long that was ago. Whenever, two elections ago. Um, but that being said, I do think today's world division of Republican Democrat is different than it was 10 years ago. I could be naive. Maybe I was just younger and I wasn't paying attention enough and I didn't know what was happening. Um, But I kind of do believe that's true. So now, I mean, I'm not going to like speak on my parents' political affiliation, but what I will say is like we agree on the topics that I feel very passionately about. So thankfully, we're not like – combating over human rights because that would be really difficult um, for me to stomach personally. Is there anything at weddings that you feel aren't needed but people think they are must-haves? That is a hard question. Um, Okay. People are – some people are not going to agree with this. I am not a fan of like seated dinners. Not seated dinners. Plated dinners. I am always a proponent of family style. I think family style is so much more fun. We did family style and it was something that I had to like debate my mom on because our wedding was formal and it wasn't black tie, but it was formal. And she was like, that doesn't seem like it fits. And it, I don't know, like she didn't think it was as quote unquote nice. And I was very, very hell bent. And so was Joe on it being family style because we wanted people dancing and having fun. And weddings, you put so much money into like the venue, the band or DJ, the dance floor, the decor. Like I wanted people to enjoy it. I wanted it to be a party. I didn't want it to be a dinner. So personally, I'm a huge, huge proponent of family style. Not only are you seated for less time, also like if you don't know people at the wedding, it kind of sucks to be at some table with people you don't know. Or if your table seating like kind of stinks. Um, that way you're not stuck at the table. You can kind of do what you want, whether it's, if, if you really want to sit and talk to someone, you can go like to one of the outdoor or like whatever tables maybe there is to chat and have a drink rather than dance, but it can be a party. It can be on the dance floor. You can do what you want to be doing. You're not like stuck at this table. Also family style food just rules because you get to choose what you want. Like so many times I get these wedding invitations and I mark down what I want. And then three months later, I'm at the wedding and I'm like, I don't know what I thought I was in the mood for three months ago. Maybe I marked down salmon, but now I'm like disgusted by the idea of fish and I just want a steak and I'm screwed. I'm fucking locked in. Family style allows you to get all 
of the bits that you want. Like I just, and everyone's appetite is different. I'm fucking love family style. So that is one thing. This is, I don't think people think this is a must have, but recently I've been seeing this like change. And I think if I got married now, I would have changed this. I don't think wedding parties are must haves. And dare I say that they're kind of chuggy now. I don't know. I don't know. Which is funny because I literally got mad at one of my best friends and my sister. Not mad, but I was like, are you fucking kidding? You're not going to have bridesmaids? This is my opportunity to be a bridesmaid. Um, But now I just think it's, it's confusing. It draws a line in the sand that doesn't need to be drawn. I've been on both sides of it. Um, it's a lot for everyone involved. It, I kind of just feel like it's an added stress on everyone. So that's one thing I think if we redid our wedding that maybe we would switch. I don't know if Joe feels the same way. And like I fucking loved our wedding party and everyone was such good friends and it was so much fun. But I just feel like it was an added layer that maybe wasn't needed. Um, I can't really think of others. I, I, it depends. I wish like someone, if, if someone read off a list of must-haves, I would say yes or no. But coming up with the concept of must-haves is hard for me. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Last section is about relationships and sex. How did you know you were ready to have kids? Well, it was a surprise pregnancy. So I, we didn't have the conversation of like, let's start trying tomorrow. But we were in the conversation of like this fall, and I got pregnant at the end of the summer. This fall, let's start trying. What I will say is, no matter how prepared you think you are, you are never fully prepared because you never know what the fuck is going to be on the other side of this. And I mean that from going zero to one, one to two, two to three, what, however many kids you want, because you never know what type of kid you're going to have, what your where your life's going to be at. Like, especially going from zero to one, you cannot mentally prepare yourself for what's about to fucking rock you, both in the highs and the lows. Um, what I will say is, I think you should be more excited than scared. Because it's obviously scary and big life decisions are always going to be scary. But are you more excited by it or are you more terrified? If you're more terrified, I would probably recommend waiting. But if you're more excited, then I think maybe, I mean, obviously it's up to you, but I think that that indicates that maybe you are ready to start the process. How did you know Joe was the one? What's funny is that I literally told my best friends when I was 16 that I was going to marry him. And I feel like everyone did that. So it's just like funny that we actually ended up getting married. But I really did believe that. Like we say it now. We're like when we were growing off to college, we were like, well, I know we'll end up together. It might be a bumpy road, but we will get married and have a child, which is so crazy. And I still think about that every time I look at Liam. I'm like, what the fuck? Me and Joe created you? Like these little high school kids grew up and made you? Um but I do have one moment where I feel like we were like young puppy love, you know, like in high school, nothing like goes wrong. It's like, oh my God, you didn't respond to my text early enough. Or like you were at this party and you said you were going to come over, you know, bullshit, that, those kind of fights. I feel like our relationship was never tested until like we were 21-ish and we went through some shit. And I feel feel I, I vividly remember a moment where there was a situation that he could have reacted one or two ways and 
the way he reacted with humor and compassion and love and like, okay, we're going to get through this. That's okay. This is what's happening and let's go. I remember thinking in that, I can literally put myself in this car, visceral memory of this moment, being like, you're the one I want to spend the rest of my life with. Like, you're it for me. You are it. I also think there's lately so much pressure on like the one and these videos of like, if he could, he would. And like, I was actually having this conversation with someone where sometimes if you're watching social media, these videos that you're seeing of like this one thing a couple is doing or a partner is doing and you're like, oh my God, what the fuck? Like mine doesn't do that. What's so interesting to me is that that's like a small snippet of a relationship. You're never going to get the full gambit ever unless maybe it's – even if it's like your sibling, there's still an aspect that you're not seeing. But if you take that like small dose of what you're seeing on the internet as reality and compare, it's such a skewed way to look at things because I thought about this where I was like, okay – I can look at a few TikToks and be like, oh, my God, what the fuck, Joe? Why don't you do that? Why don't you do this? Oh, my God, why are – they're doing that? You don't do that. But then I sat down and I was like, okay, let me look at every relationship I know in my life, every single one that I know in person, not through the internet. Are there any that I wish – I actually wish I had that relationship. Are there any? No, not one. And I'm like, that tells so much about the like the internet comparison versus – the reality, I don't know if this is making sense, but it was this like aha moment I had and I was talking about it with my friend recently where there's this weird like trend of social media of like making everyone want to believe that their person is like the best and if he could, he would. Well, do you feel comfortable? Do you feel they have your back? Do you feel loved? Do you feel safe? Do you feel like the best version of yourself? Do you feel happy? Like, what does your relationship make you feel? Not what is the person doing for you? I think there's a big distinction. And I don't know if this is coming across the way I mean it to, but I would encourage anyone if you're like questioning, is this person the one or whatever? How do you feel in the relationship? Not what is this person providing you with, but how does being with this person make you feel? Because that's really fucking important. How old were you when you moved in with Joe? Um, I want to say 25. I think 25. Yeah. And then we got engaged when we were 26. So like at some point, maybe, yeah, I, I believe I was 25. So we lived separately for like four years out of school. And that was really important to us to have like our own separate space and experiences in the city and then feel like we were really ready to move in because no matter what, it is a transition. Sex life with a kid and a dog, how do you cope? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Um, well, first and foremost, sex is very important. I will speak for me personally. Um, sex is very important for me in order to like feel connected. So making it a priority. And like sometimes I know this isn't sexy to say, but like not planned sex, but you have to make time for it. If you have a kid, you have to make time for it. It's not just like as sporadically able to happen as it was. It's not like as spontaneous. That spontaneity kind of gets thrown out the door in all aspects of life when you have a child. Not always, but for the most part. So making it a priority. Also like understanding when you prefer to have sex and vocalizing that. I'm a huge believer in being vocal around all things sex, whether it's 
saying what you like, saying what you don't like, saying how you like things, saying when you like things. Like, fucking put it out there. There's no need to be embarrassed. Also, you should be able to be vulnerable around your partner like that. Um, So for me, like, my ideal timing of having sex is during the day, which is hard with a child and a babysitter here. Um, Or my mother-in-law watching Liam. Like, that's not ideal for our current setup. But sometimes you make it a priority to make it work if it's possible and otherwise you bend in potentially some of your preferences. So the other thing I will say is like if you are, I will speak from a mother's perspective as a default parent, if you are like tapped out by the end of the day and exhausted, you need to know that about yourself and like set yourself up to succeed. So then the end of the day is probably not the best time for you. Um, Also pre-dinner sex rules. Post-dinner, you like want to put on your PJs, watch some Netflix. Then you're like chilling. Maybe you've had a glass of wine. Maybe you're high. Then you get in bed. That's usually not the time you want to have sex. Um, So know that about yourself. Speak that and then make it a priority on other times. Also, if you feel like your sex drive has been run down after becoming a parent, read some romance novels. Let me fucking tell you, my friends. Joe jokes about this. He's like, you're reading your porn books again. I don't care. First of all, they are so good. Second of all, I escape into this like fantasy world that is a great way to end my day. And third of all, they get you revved up. Um, But I think that's like the thing is you make it a priority, figure out what you like, what works for you, verbalize that and be vulnerable. But I, I don't know. I mean, everyone has differing opinions on this. Some people would be like making scheduling sex is so not sexy. Well, having kids is not sexy. So sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And regarding the dog, out of the room for us. Out of the room. Um, No, thank you. Okay, that is all. Thank you guys so much for submitting questions on Instagram. Stay tuned for some very big news coming with the show, hopefully. Knock on wood, everyone. And I love you. Thank you so much for listening. Also, so many of you have sent me such fucking incredible DMs. In terms of this show, like I can't even explain my gratitude for you all and the numbers, like everything. It's really, really mind blowing to me. I love you. If you enjoy this show, I would so appreciate if you took the time to rate and or review. You can review on Apple, but you can rate on Apple and Spotify. It really helps grow the show and it helps like push it to different people. It helps with sponsors. So if you're a listener, you're enjoying the show, something has resonated with you and you're like, oh, I want to help Cameron in some way. That is the way. That being said, I love you so much and thank you for listening. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I love doing this more than anything in the world. If you could be so kind as to rate and or review the show, share a screenshot on your Instagram story, whatever you feel like doing to show some love, I would really appreciate it. Obviously follow at Pod on Instagram and me at Freckled Foodie for more content. Thank you for being a part of the FF fam and I hope you have a wonderful day.